The Giants preemptively avoided arbitration with Mike Yastrzemski and Austin Slater. They also tendered contracts to all of their arbitration-eligible players. And hey, we got our first major free agent signing of the offseason as well. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hola y bienvenido. I mean, hello and welcome to Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspik, and on the show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Check us out there if you have not already, and please hit that subscribe button wherever it is that you happen to be following uh, the show. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. And where we get started, if you're watching on YouTube, yes, you can see the reason I said hola y bienvenido a is porque estoy and Mexico. I am in Mexico. Look at this beautiful background. Hope you check us out on YouTube. Those of you who are listening, you can't really tell except that I'm telling you that. But anyway, enough about that. Let's just jump right in. Uh, was not able to do an episode on Friday. Really apologize for that. Just chaos with the move. Also, uh, uh, had a very early flight on Saturday morning, and so it just wasn't able to work. But Jumping in, so arbitra- uh, the the non tender slash t- tender deadline was Friday evening, I think five p.m. Pacific, and as expected, the Giants tendered contracts to all six of their arbin- arbitration eligible players, which were uh, Mike Yastrzemski, Austin Slater, J.D. Davis, Lamont Way Jr., Tyler Rogers, and Tyro Estrada, and so there's really no surprise there, and I. You know, I explain this every year and it's always a bit, it's like, it sounds, it's complicated to explain or like I, I don't feel like it's easy to explain, but it's actually really simple. Basically, these players, you just like as a team have the choice, like, do I want to bring them back or do I not? And the, the, the way the decision works is essentially, um, their salaries are going to be kind of precedent based. And you get like three arbitration years. Some players get four, depending on service time. Like Tyro Estrada is entering right now his second year of arbitration eligibility, but uh, he's got two more. So he he's a guy who got four. I think Mike Yastrzemski also got four. But uh, basically, there was the usual, like this happened last year as well. The usual moaning and groaning about like, because the Giants avoided arbitration uh, with two players, Yastrzemski and Slater. So the other four, J.D. Davis, Tyro Estrada, Lamont Wade Jr., Tyler Rogers, those players have not agreed to 
salaries, but by tendering a contract to them, the Giants simply said, no, you're not going to just be released into free agency. We're going to keep you. And eventually we're going to settle on a contract, even if it means we have to go to an arbitration hearing and some neutral party is going to determine your your salary. But the Giants didn't want to release into free agency J.D. Davis, Tyro Estrada, Tyler Rogers, or Lamont Way Jr., particularly when you look at their estimated salaries. And MLB Trade Rumors is really good at making making estimates for what the salaries will be. And we're talking for J.D. Davis, the estimate is $6.8 million for 2024. For Tyro Estrada, just $4.8 million for Lamont Wade Jr., $3.3 million, and Tyler Rogers, $3.2 million. And so these are all very modest numbers. And that's the thing is that's kind of how arbitration works is that, and again, the further you get into your arbitration years, i.e. the closer you get to free agency, the more your salary goes up. It gets closer and closer to market value, kind of culminating in becoming a free agent when, of course, then you are theoretically getting market value in free agency. So, uh, but arbitration hearings are messy because the team goes in there and look, this doesn't happen until late, like uh, January and February for hearings and stuff. And so we just kind of put it on the back burner for Davis and Wade and Rogers and Estrada. Eventually they'll agree to terms, but they did agree to terms already with Yaz and Slater. And for Yastrzemski, he's entering his penultimate arbitration season, meaning he's under team control for two more seasons, 24 and 25. And they settled on a contract for $7.9 million for one year. And again, next year at this time, they'll have the choice if his projected salary is like too high you know it, it'll like i said it goes up every year so at 7.9 million this year maybe around nine million dollars next year uh if at that point they determine that's too high say he has a really down year or something then they just non-tender him so it's nice to have that flexibility as a team and with austin slater they agreed to a four million dollar contract with this being his final year of arbitration eligibility and so austin slater is slated to become a free agent at the end of the 2024 season. So his final arbitration salary at just $4 million, it's, it's a bargain for these two. And that's why when I, there's like it, the same thing happened last year where people are like, it's too much for Mike Yastrzemski. That money should be allocated elsewhere. But first of all, it's, it's just below market. There's, there's just kind of no doubt that it's a below that's how arbitration works generally. And it's true for these two, these two players who agreed to these terms. Um, it's a below market deal for $7.9 million. I'll spare you the way I, the way I got to this, but it's on Twitter. I wrote about this, uh, that buys you about 1.2 fan graphs wins above replacement, uh, $7.9 million for one year. And for Yaz, He's consistently around two or a little bit higher. This year it was like 1.8, but he missed a lot of time. And actually on a per plate appearance basis, this year, 2023 was his best year of the last three. And so it's a, it's a bargain. You need complimentary players. These are not, you're not 
like just cutting them loose, you would have to pay more to get the same production. So it makes no, it, it's just a slam dunk decision um, on Yaz and certainly Slater as well. I know Slater gets some haters, but um, he's really good at what he does, which is hit left-handed pitching. And Yaz, if you just look at like each of the last four years, he's really struggled against left-handed pitching. And so that forms a platoon. Like you're basically getting like one really good player when you combine these two players for a total of about uh, $12 million. So $12 million for for really good production, if you platoon them, uh, is good. And so no surprises there that all of these players were tendered contracts. No surprise that they agreed to terms with a couple of them already to avoid arbitration. The Giants did non-tender three players. So that means players who are on the 40-man got cut loose and are now technically free agents. And that was Jose Cruz, Thomas Zapucky, and Cole Waits. Cole Waits, remember, the first uh, draftee by this new regime to make his major league debut. And he he had he and Zapucky had injuries this year. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they try to bring him back, but they uh, maybe they just wanted to get him off the 40-man roster because they were taking up spots and they're going to need to add some players this off season. And that's, you need to clear some spots. So anyway, coming up in just a minute, I want to discuss the first major free agent signing of the off season. It wasn't by the giants yet. It has implications for the giants. So I want to get into what those implications are momentarily. And before we do today's episode is brought to you by our extremely good friends over at FanDuel. You can score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's numero uno, number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. If you've been looking about or thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in and get in on the action. You can, it doesn't even have to be your team, to be quite honest. Like you can just see who's the most heavily favored team, plays a $5 bet. And if that team wins, when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on and place that bet, you get $150 in bonus bets. It's just amazing. And by the way, the app is extremely easy to use as you would expect from the number one sports book in America. There's a wide range of betting options, including uh, spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. So again, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel official partner of the NFL. Okay, as promised, uh, we are going to get into the, the first major free agent signing of the offseason and why I think it has significance for the San Francisco Giants who I think are in that market. Thanks again for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. Every dayers, tomorrow on the show, we are going to be uh, breaking down the latest news and notes coming out with the Giants. I feel like things are going to heat up um, as we get closer to the winter meetings, which are now, what, less than two weeks away? Yeah, in about two weeks, the winter meetings are in full swing. So I kind of can't wait. So any kind of rumors, I feel like the Giants are going to be heavily involved. We're going to get into it. And also, uh, we've got, you know, basically talking about if certain players are fits for the Giants. I want to get more into that at their predicted contracts as well. Um, so anyway, this first big deal 
of the offseason is a player returning to his former team. I mean, he never left. He became a free agent. It's Aaron Nola going back to the Phillies. And the reason I'm like my immediate takeaway, I should say, is that Aaron Nola did well for himself here. And the reason being he's going to turn 31 in uh, June and he got himself a seven year contract. So that will take him through his age 37 season. And this is a guy who already has, you know, 1500 ish innings under his belt career. Very good pitcher. Um, this year wasn't so good. You know, he had a four, four, six ERA. The expected ERA was three, seven, seven fielding independent pitching four Oh three. It just wasn't a great year for Aaron Nola. And nevertheless, I should really tell you more than just, uh, the number of years. It was a uh, seven years, $172 million. And so when we do 172 divided by seven, that comes out to 24.57 million per year. So $24.6 million per year, which is a reasonable average annual value for a pitcher of Aaron Nola's caliber. I just would have thought, given that he's entering his age 31 season, that he would, I wouldn't have guessed seven years. I would have probably said six at the most and maybe five. So if you do that average annual value times five years, we're looking at 123 million. So like five, 123. I don't know. Then maybe you raise the average annual value a little bit. Maybe like five years, 130 million, six years, 150 million. So, I don't know. I just thought that this is a pretty hefty contract for a guy coming off a down year. For a guy returning to his old team, you know, usually or sometimes you get like what seems to be like a hometown discount, but this looks like he did well for himself. I can't really have seen him getting a better contract than this. So good for him. I'm never like anti player and like, no, it's too much money. They shouldn't. He, and I mean, when I look back, even two years ago, Aaron Nola had a 463 ERA. So the last three seasons combined, I mean, the underlying numbers are fantastic. 3.31 fielding independent pitching, but a 409 ERA over the last three seasons. And he got seven years entering his age 31 season. Look, I'm not trying to say Aaron Nola is a bad pitcher. I think he's a very good pitcher. Uh, he was one of the top pitchers in free agency, no doubt. But the Giants are in the market for top tier starting pitchers. I never really excuse the banging upstairs. Uh, seems there's some housekeeping going on. So I apologize for that. But, uh, I never really thought that Aaron Nola would be someone the Giants would, um, ultimately sign. He just seemed more like a, uh, you know, a player who would return to the Phillies or go somewhere on the East. I don't know. That's just, I think he's from, that side of the country so he he never seemed to be uh i'm trying to look up the top 50 free agents while i say this um there we go and so anyway the giants are in this market for top tier starting pitching and when we look at you know mlb trade rumors and who are their top starting pitchers they've got yoshinobu yamamoto at number one and, and besides otani who's not going to pitch next year so i'm kind of not counting him for now but of course you know 
he's probably going to get over 10 years. And so maybe nine, who knows what the future holds for Otani, but the prediction, let's just go to what the prediction was by MLB trade rumors for Nola and six one fifty. That's exactly what I just said. Kind of offhand. I said five, one, 20, 30 and six or six, one fifty, And he got seven, one seventy two. but that they have two pitchers ahead of Aaron Nola, not counting Otani in Yoshinobu Yamamoto, who we're going to talk about in a bit, uh, with a prediction of nine years, 225 million. They've also got Blake Snell getting seven years, 200 million. And so 200 million divided by seven years for Snell would be 28.6 million over seven years. Wow. Uh, and but the strength of this class is free, is uh, starting pitching. So we've also got Jordan Montgomery, who I think they overshoot the mark here with a prediction of six years, 150 million. Uh, then the next best pitcher, starting pitcher, Sonny Gray. I feel like this is kind of a wheelhouse for the Giants. I don't think he's your like elite starter that you need to go after as they've kind of mentioned a desire to shop at the top of the market, but Sonny Gray, the only reason his market would, his, his cost would be, you know, not in Aaron Nola territory is that he's already several years older. Sonny Gray is, uh, I think he's 34 right now. Uh, Sonny Gray is 34. He just turned 34 this month. And so he'll spend all season at age 34 and so it keeps the years down, right? You're not going to give a seven-year contract to a guy who's already 34. Um, and so the average annual value may still be pretty high. Uh, the prediction by MLB Trade Rumors is four years, 90 million. And I think that that would be a really nice contract for the Giants. I mean, this guy, he finished in the top three. I didn't actually see. I, I assume he was third. I know Garrett Cole won the Cy Young, but... Uh, in the AL, but man, Sonny Gray had a 2.79 ERA, 3.69 expected ERA, 2.83 fielding independent pitching. Um, I see a, a major fit here. I think if you added a Sonny Gray and one of those top guys like Yamamoto, add them to Logan Webb, and you're suddenly in business, especially when Alex Cobb comes back, and then you've got pitchers galore with like Kyle Harrison and Tristan Beck and Keaton Wynn you've got depth and you've got surplus and uh that that would just be pretty exciting and the and the depth of this class it it goes on like Shoto Imanaga is also a pitcher of interest here coming out of uh Japan and Eduardo Rodriguez man the list goes on and on there are quite a few good to like solid starting pitchers out there. But anyway, we, you know, Aaron Nola kind of set the market here with, you know, going back to his old team, you usually or sometimes get like a hometown discount, but that did not appear to be the case to me here. He kind of maximized. And what does it mean about the Giants' pursuit of these other pitchers? Are they going to have to pony up the dough? And I think, you know, Aaron Nola made the market. A little bit spicier or a little bit more inflated than perhaps it was so that brings us to our next topic which is the posting the official posting of Yoshinobu Yamamoto who very well could be one of the top targets of the Giants we've heard this from reputable sources 
and he is officially officially available to sign as of today so we will get into his posting the predicted contract why he's so coveted and if the giants are really a possibility to land this guy in just a minute and before we do Alrighty, as promised, we are going to get into the official posting of an exciting player out of Japan. If not for Shohei Otani, we might be all about uh, Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Like, um, in terms of, he would be perhaps the topic of conversation at the forefront of everybody's mind when we talk about this free agent class. Thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. Every dayers tomorrow on the show. I want to continue to go through and just kind of look at potential fits for the Giants. Also discuss fits and whether I think it's worth their predicted contracts. Um, and any news and rumors and notes that come out for sure. And then, of course, we'll be doing a mailbag episode at some point this week. Uh, we do those typically every week. So anyway... The news of the day, I think, is that Yoshinobu Yamamoto was officially posted by the Oryx Buffaloes today. Um, the posting window begins at 7 a.m. Central on November 21st. So what am I talking about? I guess it's not uh, today. I guess you get posted and then it takes a day, I guess. Anyway, that's uh, tomorrow. But... It'll go until January 4th. So it, it used to be 30 days and now it's 45. So 4 p.m. Central, i.e. Uh, 2 p.m. Pacific on January 4th. He must sign within that time frame. It's a 45-day window. And the Giants, per reports, like by legitimate sources such as Alex Pavlovich, have discussed how they're basically enamored with this guy. And I think that the whole league is. He, like, one of the main reasons is that not only is he excellent, but he's 25 years old. So MLB Trade Rumors predicts, like I said, a nine-year, $225 million contract. Now, this is where I say, if Aaron Nola is 31... And he got a seven-year deal. Look, I get it. There's maybe more risk associated with a player who doesn't have a major league track record like Yamamoto. But if a 31-year-old is getting seven years, is a 25-year-old only going to get nine? Or or did Aaron Nola make this like y Yamamoto's going to get 12, 13 years for a starting pitcher? Can you imagine? I don't know. And that's kind of why I mentioned... Aaron Nola getting seven years surprised me. So $225 million over nine years comes out to $25 million a year. Um, I think that that, is that right? 200, 225 divided by nine. That is, okay, yeah, of course, of course, of course. Um, so look, this guy has been dominant in japan like he's put together um in seven seasons a 1.82 era in in the you know second best league in the world and with that it's over 100 or excuse me 897 innings 
with a strikeout rate of 26.4% and a walk rate of only 5.9% and a home run rate of one. I don't usually look at home run rates as percentages. Usually we'd look at like home runs per nine, but 1.03. Pretty sure that's a very low home run rate. Um, like per nine innings. I don't normally look at it in these terms, but basically one out of a hundred batters faced hits a homer, which is low. Um, so eye popping across the board. One thing he has going against him, and this like particularly touches the heart of Giants fans, I think, is that he's not very big. He's like 5'10, but he seems to be like solidly built, but it makes me immediately think about uh, Tim Lincecum, right? And I remember like when I was younger, like arguing with a friend about Tim Lincecum's size. And this friend was concerned that due to his size, he was going to break down physically and he wouldn't be able to keep up what he was doing. And that's exactly what ended up happening is that he did have a short career. I don't know if it was because of his size per se, but I mean, he was not only not tall but he was also like skinny and like scrawny and somehow throwing like upper 90s and so he he was the freak for a reason but uh Yamamoto he doesn't you know I've heard comps I think Alex Pavlovich maybe said that he heard this comp like peak Zach Granke because you think of Zach Granke he's also not a big guy but peak it's easy to forget peak Zach Granke like because uh, you know, Zach Greinke has been around for so long. There was like young Zach Greinke. And then there's like now been older Zach Greinke and not, who's not very good anymore. But peak Zach Greinke when he was like on the Dodgers for several years, he was really, really good. And the Giants tried to sign him. In fact, they were they like were going he was going to sign here. And then Arizona like swooped in and added an extra year at the final hour. And then the Giants kind of pivoted to Johnny Cueto after that is how I remember it. But anyway, this is a guy from all indications are that the Giants truly covet this player. A lot to do with it being that he's 25 years old. Like I said, I wouldn't want to give Aaron Nola a contract through his age 37 season. If you're going, you know, nine years for Yamamoto, that really, I mean, I don't know exactly when his birthday is, but you know, 33 34 years old at the end of the contract versus 37 plus you're getting age again i don't know when did he just turn 25 is he about to turn 26 but let's say you know you're getting age 20 even if it's 26 26 27 28 29 you're getting like five at least peak years out of the player and, and who's been so dominant in Japan, just so dominant and that it very well could translate to the major leagues. And so, yeah, from what I've heard, there's kind of consensus among scouts and among like analytical models that teams use that this guy's really good and he's really young. And so he's going to be highly sought after the Giants. I think they are a legitimate possibility for uh, to sign this guy because why wouldn't they be? They talked about their desire to be or to add frontline starting pitching. And this guy is at the top of that market and youth. They, whenever they've made major offers to players like Bryce Harper, um, I guess Aaron judge kind of an exception, uh, in that he wasn't super young, but, um, 
Carlos Correa, and I mean, these guys, 25. That's even Bryce Harper was 26. He was entering his age 26 season. I think Yamamoto may very well be entering his age 26 season. And so is Jung Hoo Lee, who's a hitter out of Korea. So I expect that they, like, this matters to them a lot, the age of the player. And I think that they're going to be all over this guy. And so are a lot of teams. And it's going to take a, a lot of money and a lot of years. And who knows what the final number ends up being. But I view the Giants as a legitimate possibility for him, probably more so than Shohei Otani in terms of the likelihood that he picks the Giants. I think Oracle Park being such a pitcher-friendly park versus, like, for Otani as a hitter, does he want to take on the challenge of Oracle Park or is he going to be like, no, thank you, I don't want to to have to hit there half the time um have kind of heard conflicting reports or just heard reports that maybe the park matters for otani but for pitchers the giants are an attractive place and so we'll see like i said i think there's gonna be 29 other teams trying to sign this guy and 45 days starting tomorrow uh he has to sign within that period otherwise he goes back to Japan. He's ineligible if he doesn't sign during that window. And they almost always do when, uh, the window, you know, they do sign at some point within that window. So it's exciting that he's finally been posted. Anyway, that is all the time we have for today. Thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day, every dayers tomorrow, breaking down some possible free agent fits at their predicted contracts and saying, is it worth it? Is it not? Also the latest rumors and reports and look out on Twitter for a mailbag prompt at some point this week, possibly today as well. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. Check me out on Twitter at Ben Kaspik, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. It helps me out so much. So thank you in advance and thank you to everyone who's done so already. I cannot wait to be with you again tomorrow. Thanks again for listening today. You are now Locked on Giants.